This is the Santita Jackson Show. Everybody, welcome to the Santita Jackson Show. It is a joy to be with you today. Call me at 773-763-9278. It was so wonderful seeing so many of you. So many of you. You packed out the house at the Morning Star auditorium yesterday. I'm Santita Jackson coming to you from WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station and AM 950 radio, the voice of progressive Minnesota. I'll make all form with all of the announced and balloted candidates was a roaring success. Thanks to you. And I'm so glad that you got there and you were able to get something to eat. Fanya and Niamano and Oh my goodness, so many of you. It was so such a joy, Stanley. So many of you. It was wonderful seeing you there yesterday. We're going to be having more events, and uh, we want you to be there. I want you to know, I want you to tell me, call me at 773-763-19, excuse me, 773-763-9278, 773-763-9278. Let us know what you thought of the forum. Let us know who might have swayed you, who might have gotten your vote, or who's, who changed your mind? What did you think of all of the candidates? Mayor Lightfoot, Congressman, uh, Congressman Garcia, uh, Mr. Vallis, uh, Dr. Wilson, Commissioner Johnson, uh, State Representative Buckler, Jamal Green, uh, Alderman Rod Sawyer, Alderman uh, Sophia King. It was quite the lineup that we had. Ideas, you know, a little bit of back and forth, but it was just which is to be expected. But it was a really, really wonderful, wonderful event. I certainly had a good time, and I have to tip my hat to my incredible colleagues, Joan Esposito and Patty Vasquez, brilliant moderators. Joan held it down, and Patty and I co-moderated, and it was quite the day, quite the day. Of course, we are sending much love to this wonderful team here at WCPT. I mean, led by Mark Pinsky and and Matt uh, Cummings and uh, Antonio Correo. We love you all, Steve Lessman and Mark. Oh my, excuse me, Mike Mercado. It was great to meet him. He's always saving us. We just love him so much. And Devin Andrakis. My, you know, all my wingmen and women, Tim Hogan. I'm just, you know, it was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Tim, you did a fantastic job just pulling these questions together and taking our input uh, when we had questions or when we had suggestions. It was quite, 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 quite a day. And there were so many other support staff. And everybody, I have to tell all of my colleagues at WCPT, loved all of our uh all of the staff. You were so warm and so welcoming. It's just a wonderful station. Wonderful. And so thank you, uh, Katie Dans, and of course, Mr. Fred Eichner, who owns the station, for really putting so much effort and energy into this. It was a first class operation from start to finish. And I want to hear from you. I want you to call me at 773-763-9278-773-763-WCPT. 773-763-763-WCPT. I want you to let me know what you thought of the debate of the forum, because it was actually a forum. And then I want you to tell me um, who's got your vote or who has your attention. 
you know what can change uh, between now and February 28th. Remember, Lori Lightfoot was not number one one month away from her election or from the runoff last year, from the primaries last year. She just she was from the election last year, and then of course that went to uh, a runoff. She just you know she just impressed everybody. So did that happen this year? You tell me what you thought of. Um, of yesterday, and everyone, we're going to do a post-mortem of that with Reverend Jeanette Wilkin from Rainbow Push and Kevin Lampy, brilliant political strategist and analyst, and um, runs campaigns and lead all over the world, he and his wife, Kitty Kurth. So let us get to it. Today, we're going to be talking about the Ty Ree Nichols case out of Memphis. We're going to have people from Memphis talking to us about this, and we'll also be doing this on People for Live on Sunday. Everyone is waiting to see what is on this video. How is it all of these traffic stops uh, turn into murder and mayhem for black people? That is, they get murdered and there is mayhem. How is that? How is that? You do understand why we run away from the police. Um, Everyone says comply. Well, when you comply, you die. So let's talk about that today at the top of the next hour. But at the bottom of this hour, let's talk about this mayoral race. Early voting started yesterday. Please get out and vote. And me, Kevin Lampy is going to talk to us about the voting season. The voting season, not voting day. The voting season has begun. So I want you to please get out there and vote. And let's make America what it's supposed to be. It can only do that. We can only be that with your participation. Everybody in Chicago went of a high of 36 degrees, snow showers. Minneapolis, St. Paul, 33 degrees. There will be snow. In the NFL, we've got the championship games this weekend. Who's going to sit atop the NFC and the AFC? Who's going to the Super Bowl? Well, it's down to four teams, the Eagles, the 49ers, Kansas City, and the Bengals. We will see by Monday. We'll know. All right, we'll be at the Super Bowl on February 12th. In the NBA, the Grizzlies will be facing off against the Timberwolves and the Hornets, everybody. Uh, 111 and the Bulls 96, the NHL, the Wild 3, the Flyers 2, and Chicago bested the Flames 5 to 1. Call me up at 773-763-9278. I want to know what your thoughts are regarding this mayoral debate. This mayoral debate, it was, it was, it was a forum, and it was quite the forum, and I want to know what your thoughts are. In the meantime, let's get to some more of these headlines. After five Memphis police officers were charged on Thursday in the death of Tyree Nichols following a traffic stop on January 7th, authorities say video footage of the fatal police encounter will be released to the public later today amid concerns that the violent video will spark national outrage. Officials have called for calm, and indeed, uh, the governor of Georgia has alerted the National Guard because apparently the footage is just that um, that violent, that damning. After any demonstrations, uh, they are his parents are calling for them to be conducted in a civil manner. Just so that you know, generally when these demonstrations are disrupted, it's by agent provocateurs. This is not something that civil rights people do. So, you know, it's generally police who do that. People they hire, things like that. Yep, those are in my headlines, too. Nichols' attorney, Ben Crump, described the arrest as a brutal, prolonged attack that, quote, will remind you of Rodney King 
in many regards. And of course, we, those of us who are old enough to remember what happened in 1991 to him, 29 years of age, uh, Mr. Nichols, he was hospitalized and died three days later from his injuries. Only about 15% of the American population has gotten their updated COVID-19 booster shots, signaling low vaccine uptake across the country. To help increase that number, a panel of independent experts that advises the FDA voted on Thursday to harmonize COVID-19 vaccines to improve and simplify the process. Currently, the U.S. offers two types of COVID-19 vaccines, the primary series and the boosters. The first shots people get, the primary series, teach the immune system to fight off the original version of the virus, which emerged in 2019. Then due to a parade of new variants, the FDA last year updated the vaccine to introduce two strain of bivalent shots that can fight off Omicron's new BA4 and BA5 subvariants. Uh, but the efficacy, there are questions about that. The World Health Organization sets the bar 50%. These are 48% effective, but uh, scientists are working on it, everybody. The National Archives is formally asking former presidents and vice presidents to recheck their personal records for any classified documents or presidential records. This comes in the wake of classified documents discovered in the homes of former President Trump. Former Vice President Mike Pence and President Joe Biden and then Senator Joe Biden. He's had many documents for many, many years. According to a new CNN poll, the news about the discovery of the documents has had little impact thus far on baseline views of President Biden. However, his approval rating in the new survey stands at 45 percent approval to 55 percent approval. Now, to be sure, his numbers have been climbing. And those are just some of the headlines on the Santita Jackson show. I want to know what your thoughts are, everybody, about this race. Uh, do you believe as... She's sitting on top of the polls. News, uh, corporate news media, they're saying, well, no, that's it's really between Paul Vallis and Huey Garcia, and everyone's giving now Paul Vallis the edge. So who do you think, who do you think really, really has the edge here? I want you to call me at 773-763-9278-773-763-WCPT. 773 you know, I have uh, Dr. Reverend, excuse me, Reverend Tisha Williams will not be with us today to give us the good news. And I called a couple of people last night and they couldn't do it. And I said, well, I guess God is putting it in my lap and on my heart to deliver a word to you today. And so briefly, let me give this to you. The Bible tells you to give me a clean heart so that I might serve thee. You know that song? Yeah, it's a really, really wonderful psalm. And it really just says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew the right spirit in me. I remember when I went away to college, uh, you know, your parents give you all of these talks, right? They tell you, you know, before before you go, I want to give you this. And before you go, I want to give you that. Give me this little bit of advice, dating advice, advice about life. And, you know, my parents said to me, we've done all that we can for you. And all we can do now is pray for you. And my father's just one more thing. He gave me dating advice. But just before we headed out the door to Washington, D.C., to Howard University, he said, you know, Daddy wants you to do one thing for me. I said, what is that? He said, just one thing, just one thing. 
said, I, I want you to find a church. Said, wow, that's it? Nothing about studying or anything else? He said, no, you've demonstrated to your mother and I that you're going to take care of that. I'm not worried about that. But what concerns me and what I'd never be able to live with as your father is if you were unmoored spiritually. If you didn't have the right relationship, the best relationship, a strong relationship with God. And one of the things that he always admonishes me to do is to have a clean heart. Clean out your heart. Don't function with bad intentions. Even when bad things happen to you or things that are painful. Because his grandmother, my great-grandmother used to say to me, as long as these troubling things that happen to you don't happen in you, you're going to be all right, baby. Think about that. Diamonds are made under pressure. And your best qualities are brought out by your trials, not your triumphs. Your triumph is the exhale. The inhale and pushing up the hill, that's your trial. And you need to have a clean heart. Because when you come to your trial, you should not come out looking for vengeance. You should come out looking for understanding and being a bigger, better person. Bigger, better people are never looking for vengeance. They're looking for the victory. And the victory comes as you become the better person. As you become the bigger person. As you have the clean heart. Remember, not if not for your trials, you would not have triumphs. You wouldn't appreciate them. You wouldn't even understand them. Intention guides everything, everything everything that we do. So God does tell us to create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew the right spirit in me. And whether you have a religious commitment or not, that is the best of advice. Remember, remember what happens to us, the primary driver of death in America, for women and for Americans just generally speaking, one of the primary drivers is heart disease. Clean out your heart, everybody. Think about that. Think about, think about, think about becoming the best person you can be. Think about thanking God for every trial, for every mountain that you have to climb. As Andre Crouch wrote, if I didn't have a problem, I'd never know God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God could do. Do it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. And whether you are Muslim, Jewish, Christian, Buddhist, atheist, animist, agnostic, whatever it is. Just try to be the best person you can be. Work on that, everybody. And that, to me, is the good news, because we all have it in us. Indeed, Jesus could not ascend to heaven until Jesus had forgiven everyone for making him endure all of that pain. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then it was finished. Think about that, everybody. I love you so much. Let's get this show started. Let me go to Andre from the South Side. Andre, how you doing, my sweet? It's wonderful to hear your voice. I hope that you're having a great day already. What's on your mind, Andre? Uh, yes, ma'am. Good morning to you, Miss Antita, and happy new year to you and your family. Uh, I'm oh, doing all right. You, you, you and yours. Is this my god brother, Andre? No, it's not. I'm I may be your brother from a different mother because I'm from Chicago, though. But that's okay. 
that's all right. But Andre, I want you to, are you on speaker right now? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm actually on my regular phone. Okay, are you on your headphones? No, I'm not. Uh, are you hearing some type of feedback? Because you sound fine on my head. Okay, not feedback. It was just sounding a little, it wasn't sounding as clear. Oh, okay. I hold on a minute. Wait a minute. Let me see if I can make some sort of adjustment. That's much better. That's much better. Okay. So now you said you wanted to talk about the marriage race? Yes, I do. Uh, you asked the question, Sam Peter, uh, who do we think have the edge in the race? Well, my opinion, I think it's the people that's got the edge in the race, not the candidates. It's up to us to get out there and vote. But I tell you, I'm a little, I'm a little bit uh, disappointed with what I'm seeing here in Miss Santita because I've listened to those candidates and none of them are talking about bringing in outside resources to help fight with the crime situation. Uh, we forgot how we got here. We got here because of Anita Alvarez and John Burge and how the uh, people have been mistreated in Chicago by the police department. But they all are talking about bringing in more police. And I feel like oftentimes uh, more police is not the answer. More police is the problem. But we do need some outside resources, maybe ATF, National Guard. Bring somebody in to help with this crime situation because uh, Chicago is losing its stature. Anytime you got people going down on the Gold Coast in broad daylight, smashing windows, going to store to the jury and stuff. People don't want to come here, even for tourism. So crime is an issue with me. And so far, none of the candidates has addressed the crime issue from my perspective. We need more than just to add police. We need to add solutions to that. And none of them have said that. So, uh, again, Santita, I just want to say we got the ears. The people got the ears. It's just up to us whether we use it or not. Well, let me ask you this. What responsibility do we have as citizens um, to, to deal with crime? Do we have any responsibility? Yes, we do have a responsibility to, to deal with the crime issue, and that is to raise and educate our kids. And uh, you often quote scripture, so I'm going to quote one. Praying up the child in the way that they should go and they won't depart from it. And a lot of people may excuse me and say, well, you know what's wrong with our kids? They took prayer out of school. Well, I tell them this here. They may have took prayer out of school, but they never took prayer out of home. And my parents taught me at home. I, they never did depend on the school to teach me morals and values and rights from wrong. So we do have choices here. We have to educate these kids. You don't require a whole lot of money. You don't have to make 10 figures to educate your kids in the right way. Sometimes some of our best people come from poverty. So don't use the excuse that you don't have the money to train your kid up in the right way they should behave. That's not true. You could do that. So, yeah, we do have responsibility in this crime situation, Santi. It shouldn't use wealth either <laughs> because wealthy people commit crimes too. And more often than not, there's covered up. You know, I think that we have to look at um, look at why it is that we are behaving as we are. A lot of people, you know, when you're talking about petty theft and things like that, and people who are uh, who are stealing food and 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 goods, you know, we have such an unequal society. And um, you know, Dr. King used to say that riots are the language of the unheard. And I think we're going to have to look at just, you know, human beings' inclination toward violence. You know, Cain flew Abel. We've we got to look. We've got to look inside our inside of our own hearts because you can't bring the police into your house with you. But Andre, I want to thank you for thank you for for listening. But if there in just really quickly, I've got about thirty seconds here. Is there any candidate who's 
kind of, you don't have to tell me, but um, I'm just curious. Is there any candidate who's kind of, who's kind of, who does it for you? Or are you still waiting to find out something? Well, well, I'll put it to you like this. I think that, like you said, we've got to, if, if I was going with this, I would say, stick with the devil you know. And so, <laughs> Uh, maybe I don't mean to be fatigued, but the devil we know Lori likes it. So since she's the incumbent and she's there and she got some things on the table like the NASCAR, she's got something with the casino going on. She's making some stuff in different areas. I don't like the fact that uh, these these uh, people seeking asylum come here and they're going to open that school for them. I don't like that aspect of it. But I just suggest, you know what, let's just stick with the devil we know, not because we don't know the devil we may get. Well, let's 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 the angel we know. Let's make people angels. Devil, <laughs> I love you, Andre. Sending you much love, everybody. When you call in, make sure you're off your speaker and make sure your radios are down in the background. Thank you, Andre, for calling in. I want you to call me at seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. Who you got in the race? Or do you have? Have you not made up your mind? Let's talk on the San Peter Jackson Show. We can change the world, change the world, change the world. Oh, yes, we can. We can change the world, we can change the world, change the world. We this is the Santita Jackson Show. everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Santita Jackson Show. Uh, once again, let me thank everyone for your tremendous support of the mayoral forum from WCPT. First time we've done something like this, and it was a roaring success. Packed out the Morningstar Auditorium, even needed an overflow room, so many of you responded to this, and this is really a great, great, great thing. I want to know what your thoughts are. What did you think of Mayor Lightfoot? Congressman Garcia, Mr. Vallis, the former CEO of Chicago Public Schools, among other positions that he has held. Uh, Brandon Johnson, it's Commissioner Brandon Johnson, Dr. Willie Wilson, Alderwoman, Alderman, Sophia King, Alderman Roderick Sawyer, State Representative Cam Buckner, Jamal Green. What did you think? Did anyone impress you? Did anyone move the needle for you? Call us at 773 763-9278-773-763. WCPT, two of the persons who were there yesterday, uh, literally on the front row, and then Kevin, of course, got called away to help put out a fire in another campaign, so he <laughs> ended up kind of getting in the back there, but I still have a feeling that Kevin Lampy um, uh, likes to get in the middle of the crowd to kind of judge and gauge where people are. So I love it. Kevin Lampy has been talking to us about this election. Can't wait to bring him on future shows to talk about other elections and what he sees politically, not just in this country, but around the world. And of course, Reverend Jeanette Wilson Esquire from Rainbow Push. Um, let me start with you, Kevin. You said um, you, we are in a voting season. Can you explain that? Yeah, that's one of the things that, that people have to understand. Um, voting is is, is started. I think voting, voting is starting right now, and and so it's not just one day of a, the election anymore. And and it is important that 
that that campaigns realize it. That it, um, that you know, your 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 outreach to people, you know, to a certain percentage that votes tomorrow, then then you're done with the outreach to them. But that people need to get out and participate, and we've got a system in Chicago that is, that is very good at opening up places for people to go and vote. And so it is important to take advantage and and uh, and, and be you know get out there as the season is now to vote and to make a difference. Mm. What did you think of yesterday? It was it was fascinating yesterday. It was a um, uh, you know and, and I, I must say um, compliments to the the WCPT uh, team. Um, I, I have I have worked. Prepped and, and participated in, with clients in, 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 in uh, debates, uh, you know, from from the localist level to 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 um, number of uh, American presidential uh, that I even um, worked on prepping people for uh, political debates in Albania at one point, and it was a terrific production. Um, people had an opportunity to talk. I think it was a lively exchange, and uh, it wasn't just a, it wasn't boring. You know, and that's one of the problems with the debate, where it gets, you know, one question, they go down the, down the road, down the road, and everybody just keeps saying the same thing. What, what was really good for voters is they saw people being, able, you know, being tested and being pushed, and they, I think people had an opportunity to see the, see the candidate at the, the best or the worst of yesterday. Hmm. What were your thoughts? What, what was your impression of what you saw yesterday, uh, Reverend Wilson? Well, I thought it was very well organized. I think uh, dividing the uh, the candidates into two groups was interesting. You know, it's almost like this is the power group and this is the next group. And um, the first group, there was a lot more energy and fire among them. They had differences about approaches and so, uh, and solutions to the problems they uh, perceived. Uh, most of them stayed focused on um, safety and violence, and they didn't seem to have plans to address any of the other concerns. It was interesting how the mayor <laughs> defined and created an opportunity to respond to people. Uh, the rules said if they call your name in a particular uh answer, then you get to have a 30-second rebuttal. And so her thing was, they defined me. <laughs> they, they, de- they called my position, therefore I can rebut. And so it, you know, it had a nice, creative, but respectful tension. The second group, they seemed to be more aligned in what they believed in and their approaches uh, to things. Uh, it was just that we're all against the mayor. <laughs> and so... Yeah, and they were they were much uh, friendlier to each other. Uh, I think that Vallis um, and Wilson were clearly uh, singled out as being supported by the FOP, both of them. And I don't think Wilson had any other focus other than safety. I think Brandon and um, he kind of. Uh, stood out a lot more than he has in the past. He at least uh, seemed to ex- talk a little bit about his uh, work uh, as a county commissioner, and uh, clearly he's very articulate. Uh, and you know, he he tied everything to education. The mayor was able to put forth 
uh, some of the things that she has been doing while mayor and uh, did a little bit about uh, her challenges coming in as mayor. And I thought that was good. Uh, I didn't think Chewy rose to the occasion. Uh, he, he did talk about, you know, being a, uh, an immigrant and, and that kind of thing. And I think people are more concerned about where you are now. I mean, your family background is great, but the issue is where. What are you going to do about the issues we have now? And I didn't. I didn't hear that as much as I thought we would um, yesterday. Well, I want everyone to call me. Call me at seven seven three. Three seven six three nine two seven eight. Call us at seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. What did you think? I thought, Kevin, it was striking. Many of us don't know the personal narrative, the personal biographies of the people who are running. Uh, many people don't know that Paul Vallis lost a son uh, to drug addiction. May peace be upon him. Many people don't know that maybe the one string guitar that uh, Dr. Wilson plays on on crime is because his son was murdered. You know, mm-hmm. I heard some people kind of gasp. You well, you know, Dr. Wilson, I mean, Reverend, Reverend, uh, Reverend Wilson. I mean, I heard some people kind of go, ooh. Either I didn't mm-hmm. know that his son had been murdered and the, and the murderer has never been found, or I'd forgotten about that. Well, your response, Reverend Wilson, and then yours, Kevin Lampy. Well, I, I think that um, it was unfortunate. Both of them lost sons, and, the, and that Willie Wilson tried to explain uh, that's why they have a, a somewhat of a bond, the two of them. And, why, and he also explained why his focus is on uh, the police being more empowered to uh, address this kind of crime. And, and I feel that. I really do. When I was at CPS, I did 33 consecutive funerals of children, and I've watched parents, and the pain never goes away. It is like an enduring pain that's unimaginable to bury your child, because that's not the way, you know, this is supposed to work. So I get it. That does not, however, uh, give him the position of the executive of the city of Chicago, whose a job it is to address multiple things, investments in communities, uh, uh, improving schools, and uh, addressing health inequities, and and all of that, and then just running the city itself, the operations of the government are held in the executive branch. And so I didn't get a clear understanding from most of them about the job that they were they're running for, what does it take to do that job, and what will they do to improve in areas where there's been a significant uh, lack of of energy or focus, or you know, we haven't addressed crime. We all know that. So, what's the plan? I know your son was murdered. Your son died because of easy access to drugs. Somebody murdered your son because of the availability of weapons. Having said that, what are you going to do specifically if elected? Similarly, these schools that were closed, uh, some during Paul's administration, he tried to talk about uh, he's a fixer of education. 
And, you know, when he, he took the school system in Chicago, it was the worst, it was labeled as the worst school district in America. Well, he made some improvements in the area, but it really he has, he has to credit Blondine Davis, Dr. Blondine Davis and Dr. Cosette Buck. They were veteran educators who helped to turn the system around. Um, so I think that I really didn't see uh, people, especially in the second panel, get have a real clear understanding of what the job requires and what would you what would you change in the job. The two aldermen that are running, Sophia King and uh, Roderick Sawyer, um, they talked about more of well the dis the disenchantment they had with this mayor because. She was not inclusive of the Alderman. She has not been inclusive, and that started with day one. And so I think it's more of they feel some kind of way about her approach. And uh, the one thing the second group talked about was they would be more collaborative. And I think that's great, and that's good. But collaborative doing what? That's going to change the conditions that impact people each and every day. And I think that you had two aldermen and a state representative. Those are legislative bodies. And so my question is, what have you done as a legislator? What what legislation have you introduced? What ordinances have you uh, proffered and, and were able to get passed in the city that has changed uh, conditions, have made it more a more diverse uh, group of suppliers to city agencies and programs, how have you impacted uh, investments in the wards that you represent? And so those are, that's what I was expecting to hear, and we didn't get into that. I thought your questions were very good. They were different than some of the things we've heard. But I think whatever the next uh, forms are, people need to understand the branches of government, what their roles are, and how then do you plan to fit into the role of the executive branch moving from a legislative branch. Brandon's in a legislative at the county. He's a commissioner. He started talking a little bit about two things he introduced, Brandon Johnson. I'm sorry, Commissioner Johnson. But that's what I'm looking to hear because if you had civics ever, you have to know the difference between the branches of the government that you are seeking to uh, work for and what roles and powers and authority does the mayor have versus the city council? And how how do the state legislators and the federal, how do they impact you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and the people you work with. But you know, let me ask you this, because yeah. now you, first of all, you got to get the seat, <laughs> Kevin Lampy. Um And you help... Well, you, number one, you manage campaigns, you turn campaigns around, you advise candidates, and you tell them what they're doing well, what they're doing not so well, how they can get better, how they can win. Who do you think, who are like, what would, who would be the top tier? Well, it, it is. People the, are doing the, the top... something that they're campaigning to do, just talk <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and you know, it definitely it was very interesting. You know, the, the first panel that's the top tier of the race, and then the the, the second tier was in the, was in the second group, and in the, in the first tier, 
the, the, the person who did themselves the most good was Brandon Johnson. Um, he was, he seemed to rise above the fray and he was one that was that, you know, he kept talking about, I've created a budget and nobody else has. Um, I understand these issues and he did himself a lot of good. He demonstrated at a time where, where, where a lot of people, all we know is their TV commercials, what we read about them in the, in the uh, news media. But he was able to demonstrate that he is actually ready to become the mayor. And, and you know, this is a job interview that's going on. And, and, and well, Brandon, if, if, you know, if you, if you looked at the, the performance in the first panel and you're going to hire somebody to do the job of the mayor, Brandon rose to the top. And, and clearly, you know, it, it was, you know, if you, he, cause it, with the others on, on the panel, they were just sniping at each other and bickering back and forth. But Brandon said they had this extra thing going on. I was, I was very impressed um, with him. And he's, this, this was a, the first time where I, where I looked at, at him and go, okay, he could actually do the job of bear. Um, but then, then, then the other people on the panel. So, well, then, well, so then let me ask you this. So you're saying that Brandon inspired confidence. Is that what you're saying? Is that part of it? Is that the part of the job of a candidate? That, that, that absolutely. Which, which you're, you know, you're, you know, there is on so many of these issues, there's not a lot of daylight between everybody. You know, they recognize the problem of crime. In fact, it was being in the overflow room yesterday was a little bit, I felt a little bit better because it was a little more raucous. More people were talking to each other and talking back to the screen in the um, in the overflow room that was that was happening in the main room. But the, there there was a point where people in the room, when uh, every time a question would go to uh, Willie Wilson, they would say he's going to talk about crime. You know, it didn't matter what the what the, what the question was, he's going to talk about crime. But but that is the key. You have to be able to, as Brandon, to demonstrate that you can actually do the job. It is a terrible job. But one of the toughest, I think, is be, be a mayor of Chicago may be tougher than being president of the United States. Um, and that, that is the key. And that's what he was able to do yesterday um, by being able to say, okay, he talked about a budget that he put together. And that was a very powerful message because the others, you know, yes, um, um, uh, Mayor Lightfoot has passed the budget. But then Brandon, who people didn't understand, didn't know that he had the ability to maybe pass the budget as a county commissioner, but that he has actually looked at the details. I have counseled other mayoral candidates in the state that if you want to win this race, understand where the money is going and how it is needs to be allocated. And he actually went out, went out and said, okay, I've got a plan. I want people to look at it. Um, where the other candidates, you know, then, then that reduced what they were able to say because they were just arguing with me, going back and forth. And I, I've got to say that the mayor struggled. And and sometimes her attacks, they got to be the same attack and the, and the same message. Yes, we're always counseling candidates. you got to keep your message consistent. But you can't, you can't keep the message consistent if you sacrifice the fact that you need to make sure that you are actually in the moment and you're not just giving out talk points. Mm. Well, I mean, what, what about Paul Vallis? I get the sense, Kevin Lampy and, and Reverend Wilson, I want you to respond as well, but first you, Kevin, I just get the sense that he is the sleeper candidate. I mean, we have the black voters, 
chopped up and chopped up the bits. <laughs> um, I would think that you would have progressives and a fair amount of um, progressives behind Chewy, but Brandon's been a sleeper too because he can't, Commissioner Johnson has come up. He has come up and, and seemingly out of nowhere. Um, this, it was. But what, what about Paul Vallis? Because it seems to me that Kevin Lampy, he's kind of a standalone. I mean, because he's got. I mean, people support him, but they dare not say it, Kevin. I definitely agree. In what I keep every time that I I see Paul Vallis in these situations. I got to tell you, all it goes back to, I'm thinking about, this is the Rudoliak, you know, 29. This is, you know, he is, he is divisive. He has, he is, he is definitely, I am the, I am the white ethnic candidate and I'm going to be tough on crime. And, and by the way he talks about crime, he, he talks about it with an us versus them situation. I'm going to protect us. I'm going to do this. And I, I, I find his his campaign rhetoric incredibly polarizing, um, which which then leads to what if he wins? Are we just going to have council wars again, as we had under the you know the days of, of uh, Mayor Harold Washington? Well, Jeanette Wilson, Reverend Wilson, what are your thoughts? Could you repeat the question? My thoughts about what? No, my, my question is, what about your thoughts about Paul Vallis um, and the consolidation of the white vote behind him? And, and then we also, kind of changing the question up a bit, you have Mayor Lightfoot, who's come out with her own polls. And she said, my polling shows me number one. And Garcia falling behind. And Vallis is, and Vallis is just behind me. I mean, what do you think is going on out here? Well, I think there's a bit of confusion because I never really count on these polls because they, oftentimes they don't poll a cross-section of people. They poll people that uh, you know, like, and trust or feel that are your base. Clearly, uh, Dallas has the white ethnics, period, for the most part. And then uh, I think Chewy is counting on the uh, a solid Latino vote and some quote-unquote progressives, and I'm not sure if that progressive coalition exists as it did when uh, late Mayor Harold Washington was running the first or the second time. We don't seem to have a strong coalition of people that work together uh, for the betterment of government in this city or even in this nation. People are now on islands of uh, around particular issues. Brandon Johnson uh, has a strong, I would assume, strong teacher base and um, labor perhaps uh, supports him. I don't know about these polls and um, the... I'm not sure in terms of the mayor's base. It's a demographic that uh, may be the the baby boomer crowd, the over 50 crowd that uh, pretty much look at stability in government. They want to see stability in education. Obviously, everybody wants safety. And so I think that... Uh, 
the the African Americans in the race are drawing from the same uh, base. Jamal Green is is trying to pull a younger demographic. They're just not high voting, and nor are they polled for the most part. And so everybody's polling their base. They're not polling a cross section of people to really see where the masses of Chicagoans are. They're going to poll uh, their target. And so I I, uh, I I think the mayor's biggest challenge is people don't know what she has done, and they're not clear on what she's fighting for. You know, they know she's fighting, and, you know, the biggest uh, complaint that seems to be permeate every forum is the lack of collaboration. And um, I think some of that is we all know we were in a pandemic. And you didn't collaborate in that pandemic. It was a, it's a different space, and we're in a different period post-pandemic that's not even over. Um, so it's it's a different season, and it's a difficult season. You don't have the kind of energy out here about anybody in particular. It, yeah. No one is like, you know what I'm saying? It's not, I, I was there when Harold Washington ran. We were like ex- we were excited. You know, the people were excited. You know, you know, there's no energy out here now like this, like it used to be. As I go to the break, we're going to be talking about Tyree Nichols at the top of the hour. You know, people are, I think people are exhausted. And yeah. Um, yeah. the pandemic that we're still in, people are exhausted and people need answers. Uh, you're going to be staying with me to talk about Tyree Nichols along with this panel, but I want to give the last 30 seconds to you, um, Kevin Lampy. What should we be looking for? We need to look for the candidates continually to try to point out the differences between them and their approach. I think the, the, the voters, um, they need to do their research and they need to get out and vote first off. If voting is going on and they need to show up and participate in this process uh, because their vote matters, but also that there is candidates, there's clear distinctions on styles. We saw how they would handle the mayor's job and the way they handled the debate yesterday. The uh, mayor of Lightfoot was com- combative. Paul Vallis seemed to, I know everything and I've been perfect and every job where they've asked me to come in, I've, I've been the, been the same. Um, Brandon Johnson stood out because he was able to prove that actually he is he has the, the gravitas and the ability to be the leader. Um, Chewy was uh, the, uh, the congressman. He, he was uh, he, he didn't sell enough of what he's actually been able to do. Sure. He's often just sure. trying to attack the mayor, and that just wasn't working. Everybody pay attention. <laughs> Let's talk about Tyree Nichols on the Santita Jackson Show. What happened at this traffic stop, and why was he dead three days later? Back in just a minute. This is the Santita Jackson Show. Oh my gosh! Welcome back to Keep Over. Keep Over. Guys, you throw me off, Joyce. 
on Santita Jackson Show on WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station and AM 950 radio, the voice of progressive Minnesota. It is Friday, January 27th, 2023. Joyce knows Club No Name Joseph Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) That's impressive. Oh, my gosh, I'm scared. Anyway, down in Memphis, Tennessee, everybody on Lamar Street, I didn't know what it was. I didn't think it was Joyce. Crazy. Uh, anyway, call me at 773-763-9278. I'm going to take these last calls about the mayoral race. Anya, who I saw yesterday, was so good to see you. And Pam, I didn't see you, Pam. I'm going to come to my callers, and I'm going to abbreviate my headline so that I can hear from you. Call me at 773-763-9278. They're going to release the video of the killing of, Ty, of Tyree Nichols down in Memphis, Tennessee. Indeed, um, everyone is saying that the nation is waiting with bated breath to see what happened. Traffic stop. Black man beaten to death by the police. Black man beaten, beaten to death by five black police officers. Does that surprise you? Hmm, I want you to call me at 773-763-9278. Maybe it's a little deeper than color, huh? Yeah, I think so, everybody. Call me at 773-763-9278. I'm joined by Joseph Kyle, the Executive Director of Rainbow Push Memphis. Uh, Attorney C.K. Hoffler, Chairman of the Board of Rainbow Push. A former president of the National Bar Association, the largest and oldest black bar association in the country. Legal analyst on Court TV. Executive Director of... Uh, the Push Excel program from Rainbow Push, and, of course, uh, civil rights lawyer uh, and um, advisor to Reverend Jackson, Reverend Ted Wilson, and brilliant civil rights and civil liberties lawyer and author, the Negroes of Friends of the Village, uh, Attorney Mark Fancher. we got a lot to talk about, but before I get to you, I've got to get to some of these headlines, everybody, so let me get right to it in Chicago. Snow showers we are expecting today. A high of 36 degrees. Minneapolis, St. Paul, 33 degrees. There will be snow. The NFL championship. Who will be going? The games are this weekend. Who's going to the Super Bowl on February 12th? It comes down to the Eagles, the 49ers, Kansas City, and the Bengals. We will know by Monday, I hope. And then in the NBA, the Grizzlies will be playing the Timberwolves, the Hornets, 111, the Bulls, 96. And in the NHL, the Wild, 3, the Flyers, 2, Chicago, 5. The Flames won. The big headline today is Tyree Nichols. What happened to him? What? How will people react when they see his video? We're going to be talking about that. And before I get to these callers who are, want to weigh in on the mayoral race, let me tell you about this Perks for Work program from Team Hotberg. If you are selling your home or purchasing a new home and would like to save thousands of dollars, which means you're really making money, you need to call Team Hochberg, your trusted local lender. Team Hochberg is offering everyone a new program. It's called Perks to Work, Everybody. It's a benefit that will extend through the end of April. It can save you thousands of dollars on the next time you buy or sell your home. Here is how it works. When a Team Hochberg-affiliated realtor sells your home, they'll reduce their fee up to 1%. When a Team Hotberg affiliated realtor helps you to purchase a home, you will receive up to 1% of their commission as a closing cost credit. Team Hotberg will credit their loan origination fee and their affiliated attorney fee will reduce their fee. A couple save close to $9,000 using the Perks at Work program when they sold their home and purchased a new one. To learn how you can save thousands of dollars the next time you buy or sell a home, give Team Hotspur a call at 
56David, 855-56David, or visit them at 56David.com. That's 855-563-2843, 855-563-2843, or 56David.com. Same hospital. Your equal housing lender. Before we talk about Tyree Nichols, what happened there? How did so many black people die during a traffic stop? Let me go to these people who were talking about, who want to discuss the mayoral election and and what we were talking about yesterday. Fanya, how you doing? It was great seeing you yesterday. I'm doing so well. I'm so good to see you yesterday, too. I uh, must admit, thank you. I'm so glad I won that ticket to the debate. I'm torn between Commissioner Johnson and Mayor Lightfoot, um, only because I live in Commissioner Johnson's district, and I know the good work that he's doing there, and he is really invested in youth and youth programs and home ownership, and and he has thorough knowledge of the city. I didn't know all the knowledge that he had of the city from Cabrini Green all the way down to um, Austin here on the west side. And so it's like he understands the city, and I, that's what I like about him. And he's trustworthy and reliable. Um, and then I work with the west side heroin opioid task force, which was convened with LaShawn Ford as an outreach worker. And I do see the impact that the city of Chicago's Department of Public Health is making in the field of addiction and recovery. And that, I think, is contributing to Lori Lightfoot and making sure that, um, uh, well, I don't know who, you know, but I, we work with Dr. Jasmine, who is the medical director for the um, behavioral health program, and they convene us. They meet with us. They talk with us about the things that are going on with addiction and recovery. And so I do see these two people working um, in the city of Chicago. The rest of them, I, yeah, you can tout your dreams, but are you actually putting some stuff in the place is the things I, I wonder about. And I did like Jamal Green's bank, so... That's about it. No, I mean, did the did the did the forum help you yesterday? The forum made me a little. It, 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 like I said, I'm torn between. This is when I want rank choice voting. <laughs> like, okay, okay. I rank them like one, two, three, and then like we'll see. Um, I I'm leaning. I'm leaning towards Commissioner Johnson, but like I like I but I know the work that Lori Lightfoot's doing. So it's hard because of that. So, and I know the work that Commissioner Johnson is doing. They do care um, a lot about the city. Mm. Yeah. Seeing you, girl, we were not voting for. So did you. Yes. I wouldn't vote for Paul Ballas because I felt like his stuff was like from the 90s, just rehashed. He talked about the things he did in New Orleans. And in Philadelphia, I'm like, those are not great school districts. So what are, you know, um, and then Willie Wilson, I do think he needs grief counseling. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, I double people just knowing that his son has been murdered and that yeah. there's, been, there's been no closure. Do you understand, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, by revealing that, do you understand him just a little bit better, you know? but you're Yes, yes. Fun. Yes. I mean, uh, we, my husband and I raised his cousin for about four years and he died to violence. 
Um, he was murdered in the, on Prairie. And, uh, and we had to work through that. And we realized it's, it's the young people, like Brandon Johnson talked about a program where we invest in our young people, get them working. So they're not, you know, I think a lot of stuff with our young people is boredom. It's the lure of um, guns and drugs and violence. And if we have them doing other things, then they wouldn't be lured into those, um, into that world. And so, and then the young man who murdered uh, Michael was his name. Then he was murdered. So all our families are impacted mm-hmm. by, um, by these deaths and the trauma, and we really need to engage our young people, as well as our older, as well as our teenage, our 20-year-olds and 30-year-old black males. Need to, we really need to have a works program for them. Otherwise, we will continue to see um, violence in the city of Chicago. You know, if we, if we if we had if you know when you fail the plan, you plan to fail. If we if we wanted mm-hmm. these people to succeed, we know what to do. They're, they're playing games, exactly. and we need to call them out on it because it's our money. I love you, Fanya. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm thinking about yes. I got to move on to another caller. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Fanya. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, you know I could talk to you all day, but you're not going to let other people in. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. Let me go to Pam. Pam, what's on your mind? Uh, good morning, Santita, uh, and thank WCPT and you all for the forum. Um, so what I was able to grasp from it in here, uh, just like uh, the previous caller, I was torn between Mayor Lightfoot and Brandon jo- Commissioner Johnson. And uh, that's because I, I think uh, Mayor Lightfoot has good intentions, but she's made some serious missteps. But she's done more to really, I think, try to invest and really bring some equity. Uh, but my heart and who I trust to get the job done, and I'm really serious about education, is Commissioner Brandon Johnson. I like his platform. I like that he said, not only do you need business owners, but you need to bring people who are want to earn more W-2s. He talked about his platform for the young people. That's critical. Santita, we all know that public safety is an issue. So I don't think either one of these uh, candidates are going to neglect public safety, but it's how you are going to handle it in a humane way. Are you going to be fair to the community, but also give uh, resources to the officer? But call law enforcement out when they're in the wrong. Um, and then, and let me ask this, is racism not a problem in Chicago anymore? So I think they all need to speak to that. But I am going to support uh, Commissioner Brandon because I think he has a full understanding of, of the complete structure of our educational system. And I think he will appoint a better superintendent. I think he will have a grasp on the academics because, Santita, if we really knew what was going on inside our schools, we would be uh, devastated and all of us would make a more concerted effort to get out there and do something about it. So, yes, crime is an issue, but how are you going to handle it? And then not only street crime, what about white-collar crime, political crime, corruption? Also, as I said, I want someone to protect City Hall and that fifth floor from the influences of Trump uh, Trump, and Trump-like individuals. I trust that Brandon will do that. Lastly, let me just say it is important that all, the only poll that matters is the poll that the people 
uh, take and the action that we take when we go out and vote. Uh, so that's that's what's serious to me. Also, I looked at Brandon's uh, his emails. He's sending information. Do we all know that Rahm Emanuel is putting get together a political pact? And then you have Paul Vallis going around saying that Obama is supporting him because he used Obama in his ad. Now I don't know if that's true. But well, I mean, look, is it? But I mean, it, it could very well be true because Rahm Emanuel and 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 Obama are are tied at the hip, and all these people are. And Arnie Duncan. Well, I mean, all of them. They're all tied at the hip. I mean, and so you know, you have to be. You know, I think we have to be objective about it, not get not personalize it, and just go, okay, sure. well, the hip bone connected to the, you know, and just and just say, oh, okay, because this is not, this is this is about power. And this is about a corporatist agenda uh, that is being embraced and that is being foisted upon people. And I think we have to ask those questions and 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 not be afraid of the answers. You know, I'm you know, have a background in science and I've got to tell you, you know, whatever you put in, don't be afraid of the output because it is what it is. One plus one will give you two, not two plus one, but very quickly, Pam. I just want to add, and then look all of the candidates in total. Some of them are not serious about being mayor, but it is about what they can get from this opportunity. Because we've seen some of the candidates run in the previous election. So some of these candidates aren't serious about being mayor. And see, I don't know the background. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I The only reason I don't know if I would say that is because running for office is very, very difficult. Um, and, um, and I, so I just, you know, I just assigned the highest motives to everybody and just try to keep it moving from there. But yeah, but I hear you. I, you know, I, I respect you. I respect your thoughts. I do. Okay. And I respect you as well. Thank you, Santita. Sending you much love, Pam. You know what? I think Same to you. Oh, my girl, my girl. Can't wait to see you at one of these events one day. You know, everybody, you know, as we're talking about crime, you know, and that is really the, really at the center of this particular, um, of this mayor's, of this mayoral campaign, uh, Attorney Mark Fancher, Reverend Jeanette Wilson, Esquire. I've got Joseph Kyles, who is the executive director of Rainbow Push in Memphis, and everyone is looking at Memphis. All eyes are on Memphis today. Tyree Nichols. 29 years of age, skateboarder, free spirit, worked at FedEx, known and beloved as a really nice guy, wouldn't hurt a fly, got a tattoo of his mom on his arm, father for a 40-year-old child. I mean, all, I mean, just beloved. And um, look, when the police come for us, Joseph, it's a frightening experience. But I just want to know what happened. What happened? Because from all accounts, this man would not have hurt a fly. How did he go from a police stop, a traffic stop, (laughs) to getting killed by the police? Joseph Kyle, everybody. Thank you so much, Santita, for allowing me to come on the show, and thank you for the work that you do for the nation. Tyree was six foot four, 148 pounds, uh, a kind soul, never been arrested, never had any issues with the law. But what happened should not matter about his background, because if you have an infraction with the law and there must be some sort of arrest, you should be arrested and taken through the process. But here's what happened. The officers were in an unmarked car. 
They were not in uniform. And Tyree thought that he was being carjacked. That's why he ran. He ran and left his car. He was trying. No, 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 no. Stop, stop, Say that one more time because that is not being reported in the media. Have you heard that, Jeanette? I mean, have you heard that, Attorney Fancher? That he was being traded. These guys were in unmarked cars. He thought he was being carjacked. I didn't know that. Joseph? Say it one more time, please. He, he was in an un, they were in an unmarked car. They were on a task force, and the task force is assigned to go into areas where there's high crime and capture drug trafficking or car theft. And Memphis is is notorious right now for a lot of car thefts. But these officers, because they were fired so swiftly, is because of all of the policies that they broke. But the main key is that Tyree fled from these officers on foot. Because he didn't know who they were. And at some point... So wait a minute. So we want to, wait a minute. Let, me, let me just get this clear. Because I, I want to paint the right picture for people. He wasn't fleeing from who he thought were police officers. He was fleeing from people he thought were trying to hurt him. Right? That's, that's correct. Okay. He, he was fleeing from... He did not know. He did not know. And, and, and the video will tell much more. I have not seen the video, so I don't want to speak out of turn. But I do know that from what has been the DA and from what the police have said, that they were in an unmarked car. And so at that point, their job is to go into high crime areas and to put force, visible force. But the issue is, is much greater than that, because what we are now sitting on a powder keg in Memphis and other cities, other chocolate cities around the country, is this pervasive culture that exists within law enforcement that you you must be uh, so abusive to the people in your community that they don't trust you. Mm, we're talking with Joseph Kyle, executive director of Rainbow Push in Memphis, Tennessee. Did you know, D-Ray, uh, you said CNA is reporting that Reverend is coming and Reverend Sharpton are coming to uh, Tyree Nichols' funeral next week. Um, I would think that uh, Joseph Kyles would know about that. Um, I'm just finding, uh, well, I know that you all are in touch uh, with Tyree Nichols' team. Is that so? I've got about a minute before we go to break, Joseph. That is correct. We had Reverend Jackson on on Wednesday with the Commercial Appeal Editorial Board, and he was calm, uh, and he, he really gave a message to the citizens about how we need to have nonviolent protests. But the most important thing is he had an opportunity to speak with Tyree's parents, his mother and his stepfather. And, and now we're trying to make sure that when this video comes out, that the citizens of Memphis will not react in barbarism, that they will uh, protest nonviolently because the family has asked that out of respect for Tyree Nichols and his death, that we do not react in a way uh, that is disrespectful to the, the memory of Tyree Nichols. Oh, everybody, I want you to repeat before we go to break. <laughs> Tyree Nichols, what, he didn't think that he was being fought. These were not police officers in uniform in marked police cars. They were in what? Let me correct. Let me, let me say they were in an unmarked car. I don't know if they were in uniform or not, but they were in an unmarked okay. car. And so when okay. he was encountered, he ran. He left his car because he didn't know who they were. 
And we have incidents in Memphis over the last couple of weeks where police were, where individuals, criminals were impersonating police. AR-15s, they had police insignia on at the Hilton right down from my office. Uh, the Hilton Hotel, uh, individuals stepped out of the car, five individuals with fake police gear on, and carjacked and stole cars from visitors at the Hilton Hotel. There's so much that we're finding out that we don't know. I cannot wait to hear Attorney Fancher and Reverend Wilson react to this. And, of course, taking our calls, um, because we are, we're still calling for police reform. I heard Bishop Henry Williamson, I love him so much, on television this morning calling for the passage of the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. I mean, we need that. We need that right now. Look at what's happening. How do you get followed by police? You don't know they're police, and, and then they beat you to death. Who does that? Back with more of the Santita Jackson show in just a few minutes. We can do it. We can change the world. Change the world. Change the world. Yes, we can. We can change the world. We can change the world. Change the world. This is the Santita Jackson show. Peter Jackson Show. We're talking about Tyree Nichols. This video is going to be released sometime today, this evening, uh, this tragedy. 29-year-old black man down in Memphis. Uh, Joseph Kyle, executive director of Rainbow Push in Memphis, is giving us uh, a whole new perspective, Reverend Jeanette Wilson and attorney Mark Fancher, on what happened down there. Before I come to you, attorney Fancher, and you, Reverend Wilson, and the callers, um, Joseph Kyles, because you've just you've kind of dropped the bomb on us. Can you can you drop it one more time? <laughs> drop it one more time. I'm on a, I was under a whole different impression with all the stories that I've read about this, about what happened here. Right. The district attorney has said that they released the, the film, the body cam footage, the sky cop footage, and witnesses, uh, a, a combination of information. But it will show exactly what happened from the moment that Tyree was stopped to the moment that he ran to the moment that he was under arrest. And as we've heard from Ben Crump in that video, that Tyree is beaten for three minutes straight. So how do we get there? And, 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 and why is it the question needs to be answered? Why did Tyree run in the first place? He ran because he was stopped by an unmarked car, and he wasn't certain who these people were. And so, as Reverend Wilson has said, and others have said, there is a pervasive culture in law enforcement that sees brown, black men as immediately as a criminal, without investigating, without de-escalating, and without any conversation. And that's where we are now in a country and a culture. Mm. Attorney Mark Fancher, what do you make of what what you've heard about this case? Well, I think uh, Mr. Kyles is right on target in terms of the concern about culture. That really is the problem in law enforcement nationally. Uh, it, it, race is certainly a factor, a big one. Uh, but before you even get to race, you have to deal with law enforcement culture. And it's a culture that's a military culture. Uh, there are political presumptions that are made that all cities are crawling with violent criminals. And that in order to respond to violent crime, you have to have a force that's made up of soldiers, uh, people who are prepared to engage violently. 
And so when you look at how police officers are trained, uh, they're trained to be soldiers. They're trained to learn to shoot. Uh, They're trained to grapple. Uh, They're trained to engage in all kinds of violent combat. Uh, They're given many high-powered weapons in some cities. And so it creates a military culture. These are not people who are trained and whose culture makes them appropriate to patrol streets in the United States. These are people who are trained to do things like patrol the streets of war-torn areas, uh, you know, in the Middle East or some other place. And it's not a good fit. Because if you look at the types of actual emergencies that most police departments are asked to respond to, they're not violent crimes. Uh, police are called uh, to deal with people who have dealt dealing with drug overdoses. They're called to deal with people who are homeless. They're called to deal with people who are undergoing and experiencing mental health emergencies. Uh, they're called to respond to people who have uh, in, have tried to uh, commit suicide. They're called to deal with squabbles between neighbors, and all of these kinds of emergencies and others. These kinds of crises are not appropriate for soldiers to respond to. These people are not prepared, they're not credentialed, they're not able to effectively respond to these things. They're only prepared and trained to respond violently. And so it is the way that they conduct their business, it's the way that they engage with all citizens, no matter who they are or what they're, what they're doing. We don't know yet exactly what Tyree Nichols was doing at the time that he was approached by these officers. Uh, But it's a good chance that he by himself was not engaging in activity that merited or that required a response by five soldiers who were prepared to engage in violence right off the bat. Now, I said we've not even mentioned race yet, but we have to remember that policing in America has its historical roots in slave patrols during the slave era. Uh, These were forces of people who spent their time patrolling and monitoring the movements of enslaved Africans, checking their credentials, engaging in summary punishment of those who were not in places where they were supposed to be, uh, trying to break up insurrections and rebellion. And the presumption continued as law enforcement solidified and became more recognizable in its modern form as stereotypes took hold of the culture then, where it was presumed that black people are inherently criminal for various historical reasons. Uh, So really the, the answer And I think the one thing, if if there's anything positive that comes from this, is it disabuses many people of the notion that the way to minimize or to lessen the police violence that's directed at black men in particular, black people in general, is to increase diversity within law enforcement. We see now that the lie has been put to that. It really does not matter the race of the police officers as long as there is a culture which they're thrown into and which by pressure that's applied to them, they're forced to adopt and internalize and act out uh, on. So we we see the problem. And really, in order to break up that culture, we have to reimagine law enforcement and police and public safety. Uh, Instead of hiring soldiers, there really needs to be a recognition and an understanding that there are only a few of those kinds of people that you need. You do need people who are prepared to engage in violent or to respond to violence, uh, carjackings, home invasions, murders, those kinds of things. You need those kinds of people. But the entire police force need not be made up of those kinds of people. 
Uh, you need people who are prepared to respond to actual emergencies and crises that cities experience. You need psychologists. You need social workers. You need mental health professionals. You need drug counselors. Those are the kinds of people who need to be employed by public safety uh, agencies and organizations to respond effectively. And if you have that type of diversity, if you have uh, career diversity, professional diversity within public safety agencies, this culture of violence, this culture of militarism that currently exists will be broken up just by virtue of changing the personnel. Amen. I mean, do people on the ground, before I come to you, Reverend Wilson and the callers, do people on the ground know the circumstances of this man's um, of this man's killing, do they know that he was pursued by uh, these officers in an unmarked car? Do they know that, that he felt that he was under threat because he didn't know? Well, they don't know that he, that he felt that he was under threat, but they do know that it's an unmarked car because the Scorpion units, they don't drive marked, marked vehicles. And we do know that from his, his parents and his stepfather uh, and uh, Attorney Ben Crump, that when he was arrested and he was detained, that there was a three-minute beating, and he did not resist in that three minutes. We do know from the stepfather's account that Tyree kept saying that he could not breathe and he needed to sit up, uh, and they, they rendered no aid. We do know that there were two out of the five officers who did not engage in the beating, but they uh, did not stop it. They did not act to stop it, and so that's what we know. What are the next steps, Joseph Kyle? I mean, when 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 will the video be? Shown? I mean, why? What's the lag time on the video? Why are they not showing it? Seven, seven p.m. tonight. The district the district attorney has stated that by seven p.m. tonight uh, that the video will be shown. I understand that uh, uh, Bishop Williamson and other clergy and members in Memphis there and the leaders are calling for calm and nonviolent action. Uh, and and we anticipate, because we know that there may be National Guard staging in and around Memphis, that we need to, to make sure that we continue to pray and send our prayers to Memphis uh, and that cooler heads will prevail. But that's where we are tonight. We anticipate that the video will be shown at 7 p.m. tonight, Central. Well, yeah, they're doing a whole lot of warning. It must be awful. I'm sure that it is. And they need, you know, and, you know, faith without works is dead, Reverend Wilson. <laughs> You know, where is the Justice and Policing Act? I mean, what, what's going on here? I mean, because how am I supposed to react when someone, how am I supposed to react to that? I don't know who the police officer is or is not. What is going on? What is this? Well, I think this is something that has been happening around the nation with police officers and uh, civilians. I, I do agree with uh, Attorney Fincher that the training and recruitment of police officers has been uh, is flawed, but it's also the culture of the police force has been that they are a, a military force designed to do whatever it takes to keep order and uh, bring peace and order to communities. And they target certain communities. They don't police every community the way they did uh, that particular neighborhood in Memphis. They have outlined battlegrounds, it appears, in, in cities across this nation where in these communities, in these neighborhoods, this is how you treat the residents. 
and they don't see themselves, the police don't see themselves as part of the community. They are uh, much like uh, you send a military force, people that go to Afghanistan and other places, they're sent there. They don't live there. They don't know the people there. They don't relate to the people as humans. They're sent there to bring uh, bring order, to do certain things, and then leave. That's not home for them. And I think the way policing has been working for the last several decades is it's an occupying force. It is not a, a group of citizens who are working to bring order and to protect members of their community. They don't see themselves as part of the community, and that's a big issue. And and then there's this profiling of black and brown, young black and brown men predominantly. They are profiled in the police uh, officers' minds as criminals, as drug dealers, as uh, thieves, as robbers. They're not profiled as young men uh, who may have uh, arrived at a particular place in the wrong place at the wrong time. They immediately decide that that particular task force, any any young black man in that neighborhood would be profiled as a drug dealer. And um, therefore, we have to do whatever we decide to do to that person. Because he is the enemy, they create these enemy targets. That is what uh, former attorney, U.S. Attorney General Loretta Lynch, did in going to cities across America, looking at racial profiling. We don't understand why our boys have to be told at the eight, tender ages of ten and eleven what it means when they go out in the street. I don't know any young, and you don't either, Santita, black man, boy that has not been stopped told to spread eagle over police cars and searched just for driving while black, walking while black. Your brothers were stopped. My husband, who is a lawyer, has been stopped, searched. I mean, this is like Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan Jackson, he was put in the back of the police car while he was trying to open some stores. He had some, he had some uh, mobile phone stores. And they put him in the back yeah. of the car, handcuffed. And they they want they they assumed he and his partner uh, mm-hmm. were there engaged from Northwestern and all that. You you must be a criminal. And it was only after Jonathan said they were in the back of the car for about for just he said it, it was an interminable amount of time because of course Attorney Fancher and 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 Joseph Kyles you would know that it would be you know he said I didn't know if I was going to see my wife my kids my parents my my siblings mm-hmm. there I just didn't know. And this, when they finally ran his plate, they said, why didn't you tell us you were Jesse Jackson's son? He said, because it should not matter. They said, we're going to let you go. He said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to stay right here. You're going to charge me with something, which, which, which inspired in him. It sparked a new level of activism uh, because he said, are you serious right now? I mean, he knew this happened, but it's something, something happens when it happens to you. Let me go to Miss Linda. Linda, what's on your mind? How you doing, Santita? I was at the uh, forum yesterday, but I know what you're talking about now. However, I would like to tie the forum into this police brutality that has been prevalent throughout our communities for over 100 years. Now, initially, I was for Willie Wilson, but when I heard him say yesterday... 
to take the handcuffs off the policeman, I immediately thought about um, the boy, uh, uh, Laquan McDonald. But then I'm old enough to remember Fillmore Police Station on the west side, and I know this entire city. And you're right, they do police differently in different communities. But uh, I remember Fillmore Police Station. They had the Ku Klux Klan mm-hmm. in there, a chapter of it. They, it, it was in the newspaper. And uh, I knew three boys that got killed in there, and they had uh, the, the, the uh, uh, marks around their necks. I knew another guy. Well, he wasn't a guy. We were all children. He was running from the police. He was 14 years old. They shot him in the back. Another boy, they shot him in the forehead and said that he was running from the police. This was all at Fillmore. So when I hear this, take the handcuffs off the police, I think about Laquan McDonald with Keita Boy. I'm thinking about Tyree Nichols right now in George Zimmerman and so, so many others. So, I mean, I'm not anti-police, I'm not pro-police, but I do want good police serve 21st century policing, not that stuff that they used to do and what has gone on in the, uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Now, I'm a mother. I feel sorry for this boy's mother and what she's going to have to go through when she sees this film. I've been fortunate enough I've never lost a child. But uh, 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 but again, just the maternal instinct, and it's going to be devastating for her. Now, these uh, officers that um, killed this boy, I'm listening to your show, Santine. I'm a lady that you met yesterday with the red sweater, Linda. And uh, I am just with your hat on. Yeah, yeah, I am just so outdone that that we could do this it to ourselves. Now I know you come from the school. You come from the school of Martin Luther King. However, I am from the school of Malcolm X and Marcus Garvey. And Marcus says that due to the fact that we haven't gotten the proper type of education. We are our own worst enemies, and I, I'm just appalled. And uh, I'm going to sum it up by saying I really enjoyed your form, but I, I changed. Now, I was for Willie Wilson. Uh-huh. And then when he said, take the guns, handcuffs off the police, bingo, to, you know, to, I think about the KKK that was over at Fillmore. I'm, I'm swaying more toward Brandon Johnson, and I'm a retired uh-huh. educator myself. I also have a real estate license. So I'm kind of swaying toward that. I don't want that old type of policeman. I, you know, I live on the south side now, but I'm, I am a west sider. And I remember seeing how the police would make these young boys in the cold pull off their coats, lay on their stomachs on the ground. I, I don't want that anymore. No. And uh, that's all I got to say. Bye-bye. Well, that's a whole lot to say, but, you know, just so that you know, my mother's father was a Garveyite, so I think many of us are a mix of a lot of things, a lot of things. And, um, but, you know, Dr. King, you know, nonviolence is not something that is inactive, Miss Linda, at all. It is quite radical to decide in a society that is so violent, Joseph, to, I'm going to use love. And I'm not, and and Dr. King said, and I will not stop. And he was not stopped until he was physically stopped. But he is more alive today than ever before. Uh, what? Um, let me get Mama D in for about a minute or so, and I'm going to give the balance of the time to you, Joseph, because um, what you've been telling us is just, it's just devastating. Miss uh, Mama D, 
I've got, I've got yeah, a yeah. half. You go. Yeah, well, how, how are your greetings for you? Uh, the plain clothes police is a real problem. I remember when my husband was, he's had gray hair. He's walking down the street and the plain clothes police stopped him and, and went all inside of his pants, uh, in his genitalia area. And how I remember how hurt and humiliated he felt. And all he was doing was just walking down the street and they jumped out of the car. And, 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 and molested him like that. But four things that stand out at the, uh, the hearing yesterday. First of all, I think that the two groups should have been asked the same questions because they're both applying for the job of mayor. I thought that there was some bias for uh, uh, Lori Lightfoot and some bias against Dr. Wilson. I think that the uh, reparations uh, question should have come up because the $500 a month, no questions asked, came out of that reparations committee and it was spearheaded by Dr. Wilson, and they marched uh, on uh, Lori Lightfoot when she gutted that whole reparations bill. Also, I think that there should have been more uh, on the the subject of the impact of sanctuary settlers and sanctuary seekers on homelessness of Chicagoans and putting their needs before the needs of others. And and that, that bias question, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just trying to get the the last your last point. Oh, uh, the last uh, uh, point was the uh, did I say the the uh, impact of uh, the homelessness on on Chicagoans and we'll talk about that. But when it came to to the bias, it was Dr. Wilson was judged by his rabbit comment, and and, and Paul Vallis was told to say something, uh, the question about should Meryl Lightfoot be given credit for something that she had done. So I think that that was bias for her, and, 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 and Dr. Wilson's worst day about that rabbit com- uh, comment was, was one of the ones that they were that they asked him. And also he was told to emphasize the second part of the question when it came to the tax uh, question that was asked and nobody else on the planet on the panel was told you focus in on this part of the question. All right. And I thought he was wonderful yesterday as always. Criticism, criticism received. Absolutely. Love you so much, Mama D. The last two minutes also belong to you, Joseph Kyle's executive director of Rainbow Push in uh, Memphis. What's going to happen next? What should we expect? Are you hearing anything about this video? Are you hearing that it sounds that it's as bad as it sounds? Well, here's what we should expect. We we have been talking with Reverend Jackson and Bishop Henry Williamson, Dr. Lucima Gray. We're calling for an over oversight committee to review all task force units. Something that I've talked to people in the community, leaders, business leaders, and senior law enforcement officers. There should have been all of these officers were young. Uh, they, I think the the one in terms of. Uh, 2017, 2018, 2020, and 21. So they're young officers on a task force. They're amped up. They're driven out of the precinct to say, go make arrests. 
uh, and they had no guidance. Had there been a senior officer on site, uh, he would not have been the two, or he or she would not have been the two standing by and been charged with failure to intervene. So what we need now is a review of all of the task force units and how they're set up operationally and the fact that how they're trained in order to make interdiction and stops. But what's most important, uh, as we've been talking with, with the leadership, Bishop Henry Williamson, uh, Reverend Jackson, Dr. Lucinda Gray, we're calling for the clergy now to reach out to the community and at the, at the viewing of this terrible uh, body cam footage and sky cam footage that we act responsibly and we'd be very disciplined in our approach and that we do not uh, uh, result to riots and violence and tearing and burning up our own city. Because let's remember this, they've acted, the police department has acted very quickly and swiftly. And at this point, we ought to allow the investigation and the process to work. Uh, these five officers have been charged. They've been arrested. Uh, and we don't know if they have made bail, but it, some of them have attorneys. We don't need to push and force things if they're moving in the right direction. We feel uh, very badly. Our hearts are heavy. I have young children, teenage children who drive on the streets of Memphis every day. And I'm concerned for them. And let's let's come up with the solutions and let's not get caught up in the anger and the violence. And the people who who are violent, you need to call them out because more than likely they're provocateurs. Because right. leadership has called for nonviolence. And by and large, we have followed we have followed our leaders into nonviolence. And the people who have sparked the violence have been paid by the police. They have been agent provocateurs, and we need to go on and say that. That's right. You need to call them out, and we need to we need to, we need to find out who they are. The people who broke up Dr. King's march, everybody should know their names, not just James Earl Ray, who nobody believes killed him anyway. We need to stop mm -hmm. playing that game and stop letting them play with us. That's what we need to do. Joseph Kyle, executive director. Yes, yes, yes. You got the last. You got the last. Yeah. Well, I just oh, said to I wanted to just say one thing. One second. Uh, uh, Ty Tyree's parents watched that video with their attorney, Ben Crump, and his mother could not view the entire three minutes. She had to leave out of the room. Uh, the stepfather stayed in the room. So, so in terms of what we know, three minutes of what Ben Crump says, Tyree's body was, was treated like a, a human pinata. Oh,